Hey everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! <laughs> so, in this podcast, we will be talking about things about musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about In the Heights. All right. So, I'm actually very excited for this one because there has been a lot of buzz around it. The movie just came out um, early to mid June. I believe it was June 10th. And it was very much anticipated. Uh, actually, I did not watch the movie Me too. Um, <laughs> before this. Okay. So, um, please take that in mind. I heard the movie is very good though and they managed to adapt the um, musical to the screen very well which is not an easy feat I think like a lot of the times it like a lot of people mess up the movie when they try to adapt a musical. I'm definitely um, thinking about Cats. Oh Are I'm definitely thinking that? about Phantom but okay. oh. <laughs> Cats is probably better because we actually covered it. Um, but yeah I'm, I'm planning on maybe watching it this week and I'm very excited uh, to see if they actually did a good job. So um, what the musical is about, uh, it kind of like follows this Latin American neighborhood in New York. Um, the neighborhood is called Washington Heights. And um, we kind of like see the lives of the residents in there who are very tightly connected to each other, as well as just the day-to-day -day life of the neighborhood itself, as they're trying to deal with like pressures from gentrifications from outside sources. Mm -hmm. So it's actually something that is very real <laughs> I feel like this is something that you feel in Toronto especially a lot like it's very common to have a lot of gentrified neighborhoods and seeing the original life of the neighborhood that you lived in change over time quite a lot uh, so it's really interesting I think it's a it's a really good thing to do a musical about and personally I found like I could relate because I think it's it's kind of like giving me a universal immigrant feel Almost, even though it is Definitely. obviously very rooted in Latin American culture. I think anybody who's an immigrant can relate to this. Uh, but yeah, I'll be curious to see what you think about this, Claire, as we go on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So any experience with in, in the Heights before this musical? Nope, not at all. So I know people saying like, this is like um, a twin to like Hamilton or something. And I personally haven't watched Hamilton too. I know, oh, okay. I know. People are gonna <laughs> judge me for this, but I'm saving it, okay? I was like thinking about like going it to see it live and I didn't want to like take that first experience away. Um, but then COVID hit, so you know, yeah. it kind of <laughs> just went away <laughs> anyways. Yes. But um from what I read at least before watching it, they, there was mm -hmm. a lot of rap music to it. I personally have not experience any rap type of musical so I was very curious to see how it would turn out um but other than that it really didn't have much experience to it I know it's very famous and people seem to love it all the time but um it's just not something that I knew from before so also mm -hmm. came into this with like pretty much zero expectation I guess but it turned out to be a pretty good surprise I enjoyed it a lot too I, I guess I'll leave this to my final thought but like I've been to South America a couple times you know the music you volunteered style. there right yeah I did and even before that I traveled there as well uh, so like the music style like the clothing like the cultural and the community in general it just mm -hmm. seems very familiar in a way um and I really enjoy that in the musical they reference I think like two countries Latin American countries in particular or like characters regions uh Dominican Republic comes up pretty frequently mm -hmm. Cuba comes pretty frequently and Puerto Rico comes pretty frequently have you been to any of these locations? I've only been to Cuba before, mm -hmm. but I've been to Costa Rica, and I hope that is very similar in terms of culture and mm -hmm. weather. 
hopefully. <laughs> um, but obviously, they're still very different. But that's mm-hmm. probably the closest thing I. Been to? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah. Fair, yeah. I've never been to any Latin American countries, but I should. Really, it's I, really yeah. pretty. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I'd love to go. I mean, the sun is the only concern of mine. Oh, but, <laughs> for uh, those who don't know, Becky is the type of person who needs to put on sunscreen every five minutes when it's summer. <laughs> Also, when it's winter, when you put on sunscreen, you need to wait 15 minutes. It's it's a PSA to everybody. Everybody needs to put on sunscreen, regardless of how pale or dark you are and how um, cold it is in your country. Put on sunscreen. Wait 15 minutes after you put on sunscreen before going out. And then you have to reapply it at least every two hours. Or if you get wet, you have to do it every like you better pray that we you better pray that we get sunscreen sponsor from this episode. No, I am so you'll actually be the perfect person to do that. I would be, yeah. but but I'm so picky about my sunscreen. There are a lot of sunscreens that are not as protective as they claim to be. Any brand that you will recommend yes. to our listeners here? Yeah. To our Canadian listeners. <laughs> um, it might exist outside of Canada, but I'm not sure. Uh, Umbrella from Garnier has a really, really good sunscreen line. I really like their um, sports spray, which is uh, 50 plus SPF. Okay, well, this episode is set out to release on like early July or something. So hopefully this information will become valuable and uh, and useful. If it influenced anybody to get to put on sunscreen, please tag me. Tell me, let me know. I'll be so ecstatic. I think I influenced Claire. Um, But yes, regardless, Latin American countries definitely want to to, uh, make a visit. I think um, Costa Rica is a very popular location to visit for a lot of Canadians as well as Cuba mm-hmm. so uh definitely my favorite place. though I have to say uh-huh. is so far in the countries I've been to so I've been to Cuba Costa Rica like we talk about and then mm-hmm. Peru and Ecuador and out of these countries my favorite so far will be Peru so Peru? if you're from Peru shout out to you I love the <laughs> ceviche and <laughs> love, love the llamas I'm looking to visit again really is there any particular experience in Peru that like stood up above everything else it has to be Machu Picchu Machu Picchu. it's so amazing <laughs> it's so pretty have you seen the photos of it you no, have to I, Claire, you okay, so for those who don't know Claire is very into hiking I think <laughs> um and personally I like being in nature in the sense of like I like seeing it and I like taking pictures but I am a little bit lazy and I'm not that into hiking as an activity. <laughs> you don't have to hike a lot for Machu Picchu, like, but it's no? just, it's amazing I mean, though. Obviously I'm aware of Machu Picchu as like a hiking spot, mm-hmm. but I haven't like excessively looked into it. So I can't really say like, I can't even think of how it looks like from the top of my mind. I think it's one of the seven wonders in a world or Is something. it really? Yeah, you should check it out. Definitely. It's very amazing. Um, so in terms of in the Heights, it's very difficult to divorce in the Heights from Hamilton, who is the um, successor uh, in terms of uh, what Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is creator of this, makes. And obviously, um, Hamilton is a lot more famous. But in the Heights, I think, has a lot of similarities to Hamilton in terms of like just the general feel and aura, the fact that the majority of it takes place in New York, and also like just the inclusion of rap. It is different from Hamilton in the sense that, in my opinion, in here, rap is a lot less noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot more Latin American music, like salsa and stuff like that. So it is definitely distinct. And also, obviously, the plot is very centralized to like a location 
and to the people in the location. And it doesn't, it feels like a, a little pocket of their life rather than something that is more grand. Uh, I was familiar with it after getting into Hamilton. So like pretty much as a direct result, the first song that I heard from the musical was Breathe. And um, my sister really, really liked that. And she just like hounded me until I listened to it too. And from there I got into the rest of the musical. And I think that was about maybe two years ago. So mm -hmm. I definitely had a familiarity with it before, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Actually, when I was looking, doing like research for In the Heights, they have a lot, a lot of international um, productions from many countries. So they had it like, obviously in Latin American countries, they had it in Spain, they had it in like Korea and Japan and like Scandinavian countries. And I was really surprised because I definitely thought it would be overshadowed completely by Hamilton and wouldn't necessarily um, stand out to people besides that, besides like the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda is a creator. Um, and I was happy to see that people actually give it the respect it deserves. All right, so I guess maybe we can jump right into it. So the first song we're going to cover is In the Heights. So um, we kind of open with one of the characters, Graffiti Pete, who is spraying Usnavi's bodega wall. So bodega is like a convenience store. So Usnavi is kind of like the narrator here. He is also as much of a main character as they can have here. It's kind of an ensemble cast feel. So everybody has a lot of important plots, but he probably is the most central. Um, so the first person he introduces us to is Abuela Claudia, who isn't really his grandma, as we find out. She is just a very maternal person and helped raise him. And we see her grab a lottery ticket and leave his bodega store. After that, the next characters we see are Kevin and Camilla, and they walk in to also get a lottery ticket and buy some coffee. They're paying their daughter Nina's college tuition and cannot afford much. But nevertheless, they still invite Usnavi for dinner. So you see that they're very generous people, regardless of how much they have. After that, we see Daniela and Carla, who own a salon, and they walk in gossiping about one of their clients. And then Sony, who is Usnavi's cousin, walks in late for work. And Usnavi talks about being able to be in everybody's life and pass by before work for essentials. So like really understanding the characters of everybody who comes in. So that kind of like establishes why he's the perfect point of view character for this. And then uh, the last two characters we're introduced are Benny and Vanessa. So Benny um, seems to be like Usnavi's best friend or at least very good friends with. He works for Kevin. And um, in terms of the friendship, Benny asks Usnavi about a girl named Vanessa, who um, we learn Usnavi is crushing really hard on, but is too shy to make a move. And that's when Vanessa walks in. So we find out she works at the salon with Daniela and Carla, and she desperately wants to move from Washington Heights to downtown. But unfortunately, she doesn't have the funds. All right. So I think this pretty much introduces us to all the characters. And in terms of the setting itself, you get the feeling that everybody is in financial difficulty and there is a lot of gentrification going on. You, they talk about like other neighbors that have been displaced from their home because they couldn't afford it. So you do get immediately the feeling of financial difficulty yeah what do you think about it I think it's a very nice opening number it's mm -hmm. very energetic has that South American vibe like already <laughs> mm -hmm. I like how they do with the music is that they often add like pianos or um like this very I don't even know how to describe it but like the instruments that just just find in Latin Americans music all the time like guitar things like that it's just very nice addition I think it's very interesting mm -hmm. it's a 
lot of rapping though in this first one I find and I didn't have like a lot of experience with the rapping style Mm -hmm. musical before so it was a little bit hard to get used to and for the record I I'm not like the biggest fan for rapping in general so I find this music style like takes some time to digest but other than that like it's pretty nice I really like the busyness of the street mm-hmm. and I like how the immigrants' corners are always very lively. Like you get to see how everyone knows everyone. So it's just very interesting. It's those like kind of like the, what do you call it? Like the small people's life. Yeah. And it's very relatable in a way. Like it mm-hmm. feels like it's the corner that you will see when you're like on the way home or something. Um, and I don't know. I just like it a lot. Um, but it does have a lot of Spanish in it though. So if you're not like know much Spanish, I find it a little bit challenging just to understand what's going on because everything happens so fast. Google and Translate every- was my best friend here. Google Translate definitely how I got through this musical. Yeah, but if you don't have that, then make sure you have like a lyrics version of the number <laughs> <laughs> as you watch it. I uh, found myself like I needed that. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> And in terms of the other thing you said about like it being ensemble and being introduced to everybody and getting the community feel, 100% I got that as well. And it's not, okay, it might be a little bit ridiculous, but it just gave me such Beauty and the Beast vibes. What? (laughs) So do you remember the opening number, Bell? Yeah, I mean, not really, to be honest. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, in the opening number, she kind of like introduces the town and she um, shows us the different occupations of the people in the town that she lives in and how it's small and how much she wants more to it than life, like in life. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like it's different setting completely and different style completely. But it just gave me such strong Beauty and the Beast vibe. And I actually really like that um, because you get to see her entire life so far in a very truthful way. And I think it's the same here. Um, you get to hear like little backstories, like Usnavi's backstory in terms of like Abuelo raising him or Kevin and Camilla's backstory in terms of like paying Nina's tuition and, and feeling like they have to, you know, think about their finances because of that. And all the like little characters that they are injecting here, like Daniela and Carla being like really gossipy. And that's the first thing you see them do while they're introduced. They just act it. And I think that's that's really well done. As well as like the connections between the people is very believable to me. So I think like the way that they introduce the characters and they act the characters out is incredibly believable here. And I do 100% think that it could be a real community that exists. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that. And in terms of musically, I don't want to say too, too much about it because I feel like it will be more related to the Hamilton episode, at least for me. But I also can relate to the rap and difficulty um it's not necessarily one of my favorite genres so um I can totally relate to having it taking like a little bit longer to like get the feel of songs because of that because it's something that is a little bit unfamiliar um all right so overall I enjoyed this number a lot the next song is actually my favorite so it's breathe uh, Nina, Kevin's and Camilla's daughter returns home from college and she's like really hardworking, overachiever. She got into Stanford, who is like, which is a very prestigious university. Um, but over the course of the song, we learned that she dropped out. 
So um, she feels like she, there is a lot of pressure on her. She's the only one in her family and the entire neighborhood, actually, who got into college and is getting a college education. And she was really scared to break the news that she failed to everybody after they believe in her so much. Guys, it's me. The biggest disappointment, you know. The kid couldn't hack it. She's back and she's walking real slow. Welcome home. Just breathe. Just breathe. So, um, as I mentioned before, this is my favorite song, um, even though there is another song down the line to give it a run for its money, but it's just very beautiful to listen to the way that the actress sang it not only with a lot of emotion that made it incredibly believable but it's also a very technically difficult song to sing and she did an amazing job I totally felt her anguish I felt like I could 100% relate to her anguish um, for those of us who were in the school like education system and higher education in particular there is a lot of pressure that comes with being in university and being successful in university um, especially in a competitive environment like Stanford. So I 100% could see what she's going through and I felt so bad for her. Musically, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. One of my favorites in general, I think. And I don't know, just the fact that it's so relatable, the fact that the lyrics are amazing and also the music itself and the actress hard work while you know singing the song just put the song on a different tier for me. I really, really enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, same. I also feel very relatable to this song. <laughs> like, I feel like anybody who went abroad to study or like an immigrant background would feel this song is very closely connected to your heart, I hope. And you can see that everyone else feels like super confident in her. They all sing Spanish to support her, but she was the only one singing English here. And I was really amazed to see how this is only the second number because it was just so emotional. The song hits hard, like it's very powerful. If the first number was like very, it's very noisy, it's very happy, it's very high energy to like kind of draw you in to that sort of environment. Like the second mm-hmm. number definitely it right away just shows you the struggle of somebody coming from that background and then how they're trying hard to succeed. And I think it does a very, very good job of describing that sort of situation and how that would feel like. Even though that my family, they didn't give out everything for me to have an education here. But like, obviously, if you're an immigrant, like your family had to sacrifice something, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that really spoke to me dearly. And I can really relate to, to her struggle. And like you said, it's the song itself musically is beautiful as well. Like everything about the song is just spotless, really. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy every aspect of the song. It's not my favorite, unfortunately. It came very close, though to Mm -hmm. my favorite and I'm very curious to see if you know the song that came very close to your favorite would be my favorite like do we have similar taste for once (laughs) in this musical but we'll see (laughs) it happened in the past more likely than you did it yeah I did Uh, I don't remember even which one it was to be honest but it definitely happened in the past okay okay well we'll see we'll see I'll (laughs) let you know when the song comes up all right all right um yeah a hundred percent so What I think is also interesting here is that 
she herself isn't an immigrant. She was born in the United States, but she's the daughter of immigrants and she still nonetheless feels this incredible pressure on her. And I think that's really important. It's not just, you know, us who are first generation immigrants, but it's also, you know, kids of immigrants who see how hard their parents work and know the like what their parents came from in their own original country and what they had to sacrifice in order for them to have a good future that puts a lot of pressure on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also an important distinction. Another thing that I found really interesting here is something that you will see a lot, a lot, a lot throughout the entirety of the musical. And especially from Nina, she does a lot of reminiscing. She's quite a nostalgic person and she talks about her past constantly, especially of her as a child and her idyllic idea of what she was like as a child compared to now where she feels very hopeless and she feels like she hit kind of like a wall and that's that's something that I think is also really interesting because the entirety of the town is also very nostalgic and as a very nostalgic person I can totally relate to this and I and I enjoy that because I don't think it's as entrenched the idea of nostalgia and just like looking into the past fondly is as entrenched in a lot of other musicals but it's something that is very realistic to have in day-to-day life so just noticing it here and noticing it like predominantly throughout the entire musical is something that I personally really really liked all right so from that we go to Benny's dispatch so we cut to Kevin and Benny's workplace um so it's a taxi dispatch company So it seems like they're in financial trouble um, and Benny volunteers to cover the dispatch for Kevin, um, which Kevin actually initially opposes to since Benny doesn't speak Spanish. um, And he also is a Latino. So there is a sense of otherment. But when um, Camila stands up for Benny, Kevin actually relents. So Benny is actually really, really good at his job. Um, So he has like a rhythm going on and Nina walks in like mid dispatching. So Benny is really happy to see Nina and shows off his skills to impress her and lighten the mood since she looks very stressed and sad. Um, So she does actually initially light up, but quickly sobers and goes to leave. But Benny convinces her to stay with him. Personally, I think it's a very sweet song. I really like, you know, first initial understanding of who Benny is especially since he does mess up a little bit um, later down the road Um, and they have really really good chemistry they seem really sweet Uh, and the song itself is really energetic and you all know how I feel about energetic songs I absolutely love them so for me I really like it it's not as good as the previous two songs but it's still up there for me how about you yeah, I feel pretty similar to what you just said. It's a very cute song. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting to see how the cab company operated before with the dispatch <laughs> station and everything, because I didn't know that's how it worked. Um, but other than that, I didn't really think too much about this. I just thought that it's a very nice getaway to let us know a little bit more about Benny and like mm-hmm. what he does and what the business is all about. But yeah, like other than that, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's pretty short too. All right. So next is It Won't Be Long Now. So in the song, Abuela misses her medical appointments and doesn't take her medication. And Usavi is actually really caring for her. He's berating her for not doing it and like, take better care of your health. The ladies at the salon send Vanessa to get some drinks while she gets packing tape from Usnavi's bodega. Um, So as we learned before, she really wants to leave Washington Heights and go downtown. And she managed to zero in on a place and she was about to sign her lease. Mm -hmm. So um, specifically, she's dreaming of going to West Village. Um, in downtown New York and she seemed to be really popular with men 
uh, but she isn't really phased by their advances. They seem to be advancing on her, like uh, hitting on her pretty aggressively sometimes, like zero in on her, and Usnavi comes to her rescue. And um, Sony, who is also in the bodega with Usnavi, notices that Usnavi really likes Vanessa and asks her out on his behalf. Vanessa agrees to meet him at the club. So Gustavi is like super overjoyed by this and also like reaffirms that he hasn't forgotten about going back to Dominican Republic, which is something we'll see becomes like a central conflict in the musical later on. Another thing I want to say about Sonny being a wingman, I don't know if you had that experience, but it was very common in middle school of your friends asking somebody else to be their, like their partner on your behalf or on somebody else's behalf. I can't, oh, it's been so long. Oh my God, I feel old. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, I, I don't feel like it is something that was maybe it is for other people, but just from my personal experience, not really. Tell, but do tell us though, Becky. Oh, I'm no. very interested to learn more. It's so interesting about the five fifth like uh grade exploit that <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was really, really cute, especially since like Sonny is younger and you know the majority of the cast is like, oh, he's a baby. He's really cute, trying to like hit on like um nina or vanessa and trying to like see macho i think like in the beginning of the song um he's like oh my god look i'm so manly i have like a little goatee starting and everybody made fun of him he's like oh you have three hairs that's so interesting so i thought it was really really cute and kind of like i don't know helps with the characterization of him being like very young and very juvenile and sweet and yeah so vanessa really really good job very very likable character she's single-minded she knows what she wants and she gets it and she doesn't let herself be distracted and the fact that she's so confident in herself and knows exactly who she is and what she wants from life um is something that was really refreshing to see I really enjoyed that the majority of the female characters are actually very well developed here yeah Um, I agree I think like the female characters in this musical they're all like very different but good kind of different like sometimes like when the author they don't really know how to write a a character like it just end up all pretty much looking the same um (laughs) but but I can't really think of an example right now but um if it's books like (laughs) no no seriously (laughs) but if it's books or like novels like you see that happening all the time especially Mm -hmm. like if it's um female writer writing about like a guy or like mm-hmm. vice versa yeah. like it's very hard to give a very good depiction of like how the character will behave and make it very reliable and very mm-hmm. believable but like I think he did a really good job of like creating very different multiple very different female characters in this show like from the grandma to like Nina and Vanessa like everyone is very different in terms of mm-hmm. personality and motivation but yet like they're all very convincing 100% I do have a small small little critique about gender stuff when it comes it will come later on but it's very small and considering this was developed in like 2005 I do definitely cut some slack and in general like I'm very very like enthusiastic about the female like depiction here female character depiction because I think like they all are very distinct from each other Mm -hmm. so yeah just really good song I think one of the top one out there and the vocals of the actress definitely help it push it over the edge for sure all right so this is my second favorite (laughs) song coming up I wonder if it's your favorite so it's Inutil uh, which translates to useless um so we cut to Benny and Nina 
due to a language barrier, Benny is having like difficulty with one of the drivers and Nina takes over to translate um, as Kevin and Camilla walk in to, and they're very happy to see Nina. Nina reveals that she lost her scholarship. Her grades were slipping since she was working rather than studying in order to afford her textbook. And as a result of you know, her grades slipping, Nina ended up taking a leave of absence and dropped out in March. And just for context, this pl- takes place in July. So it's been four months since then. So um, after they leave, Kevin reflects on what just happened and feels like he failed as a father because he wasn't able to provide. Kevin came from a long line of farmers and he went against his father by immigrating to America and starting his dispatch business in order to live a better life than his father and to create a better environment for both him and his family. And he was really hoping for a better future for his daughter. um, And he takes the blame hardcore for her losing her scholarship and dropping out. And he vows to change this at any cost and not be the reason for um, his daughter not being able to succeed. Father was a farmer, his father was a farmer, and you will be a farmer. But I told him, Bumpy, I'm sorry I'm going farther, I'm getting on a plane, and I'm gonna change the world someday. And he slapped my face, he stood there staring at me, useless. Um, so as I mentioned, this is my second favorite song. This coming right after like a recording of Fun Home, uh, it hits really hard. Like every single musical, I feel like I was like, oh my God, I love my parents so much. They're amazing. They're selfless. Like they do such good work. And every single musical just reminds me of that. <laughs> I don't know if it's relatable to you, but I was like, oh my God, I need to call my dad. I need to call my mom. Um, I just want to say how much I love them. <laughs> How about yeah. you? Is it your favorite? No, it's not, but okay. it's my third. So third, this okay. will, yeah, this will count as my top three. Um, the vocals amazing, like you said. Like, I feel like again, if you're an immigrant or like second generation, third generation, doesn't matter. If you know, like your parents had to make a certain amount of sacrifices to get you where you are today, then you can relate to this song. And what really moves me in this song is not just the amount of love he has for his daughter and just the willingness to make all these sacrifices for her success but Mm -hmm. also we get to see that it takes more than just one person's hard work sometimes it takes generations of people's hard work to get to where they are today and to be able to give their children a future in this country and I Mm -hmm. think that just really touches my heart in a way that because also like my my own grandpa like he moved from China to Taiwan like during the civil war Mm -hmm. and then he had to like work so 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 hard to be able to support his children like my dad and his siblings to be able to go to college Mm -hmm. so all three of them went to college which is a very very rare thing that for last generation in Taiwan Mm -hmm. so all that and then account for that my dad also had to work super hard to get my brother and and myself to be able to come to Canada to get like the better version of education so just the amount of love and the commitment that you're willing to make for a family in general is just incredible and Mm -hmm. like you said it reminds me of like just how much I love my family and how much I need to call them and stuff so a very 
very powerful song、mm-hmm. and very realistic, very relatable. And、um, tuition is so expensive, right? Especially think, in the U.S. Especially in the U.S.、Yes. Um, and you actually bring a really good point. So my my grandparents also immigrated to Israel、um, from different countries after the Holocaust, and it's not just necessarily the, your own parents、um, who had to make the difficult job to. Immigrate. It's also like grandparents or generations before that that also had to start from scratch. And I think it's probably like instilled in the entire family that hard work is so important and、um, is critical for success. And I definitely think that kind of pressure、uh, gets to Nina and also、uh, gets to Kevin because he puts a lot of pressure on himself、mm-hmm. um, to provide for the family, and he berates himself incredibly harshly, even though he's doing his best and working really, really hard.、Um, so you see, he's also very, very hard on himself despite working insanely, insanely difficult jobs and long hours. So it's definitely something that you can see throughout the family line. Yeah. All right. So going to、uh, a bit of a lighter number. <laughs>、um, so the next one is Nomadiga,、uh, which translates to "You Don't Say."、Um, Usnavi, Sani, and Benny practice dancing in the bodega for Usnavi's upcoming date, while Daniela and Carla gossip around Vanessa as Nina walks in. So Nina and Vanessa are good friends, as we see, and Daniela offers to pamper Nina at her salon as the group continues gossiping. So the topic kind of like moves from who likes whom to them being like super excited about Nina going to college,、um, and then like Nina kind of drops the bomb that she dropped out, and that kind of like shocks everybody、um, since it's really out of character for her. I don't know about you, but I really, really like Daniela. I always like the like really loud characters.、Um, they're a little bit of like a girly girl,、um, but like have a good heart. And I think like Daniela is definitely that kind of archetype of a person.、Um, I, I'm so- like the exact opposite, opposite actually.、Okay. I really、sense. don't like loud characters. Like I appreciate the song's liveliness and everything,、mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll enjoy living in that sort of community just so that you don't have. Any kind of privacy, like everything、mm. that you do or say, gets spread out just like that. Yeah. So you really cannot have secret. You don't have personal life. Like everything you do, everybody else would know. And、mm-hmm. I don't appreciate that sort of life, kind of. And I feel like this might have something to do with just how Asian community is as well.、Mm-hmm. Like in some regard, I feel like the Latin community and Asian community has a lot of things in common and. Having this sort of culture is one of them. I feel like,、mm-hmm. um, so in Asian community, you also have pretty much like zero privacy if you live in like a corner like this. I guess.、Mm-hmm. Um, I just personally didn't really like that because <laughs> I appreciate that they mean well. They have a、uh-huh. good heart. I'm not saying that Daniela is a horrible person and that she、yeah. does this on purpose, but it's just all that caring and like just. The fact that they know everything—it's such a pressure、mm. to a lot of people. Like, like who you're seeing, or like how you're doing in school, like what kind of job. Like, once you know a lot of things about the other families, like at least in Asian, how like we do it is that your parents start comparing you with、no. like other families' child. They,、mm-hmm. they, you'll like hear things like, "Well, how come you didn't get this grade? Like, who ever else got?" Like first in their class, like blah、mm-hmm. blah blah, and then it just brings so much unnecessary tension and unnecessary stress、mm-hmm. to a lot of people, and I just didn't really like that. So, but this is my personal preference. Maybe、oh, people no, like、course. that sort of culture. I don't know, but、mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't. Yeah, of course, and I, I think that's a really great point.、Um, 
in terms of like having the closure that this kind of like community brings, I think it's definitely a good thing and it's very important, but just like, I'm not even sure I would like that as a person. Like if I were to actually meet Daniela, I'm not sure how I would feel about her, but as a viewer, I really oh, appreciate Oh, okay. It. So like as a character, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, like I think okay. I really enjoy the loud people as characters and it's also might be because I'm so like introverted. And yeah, it's it's a it's a very fun number. I don't think it's very consequential, but again, it develops the idea of um, the community, who Daniela is, um, who Carla is, and kind of like the relationship of Vanessa to them. As a song itself, I think it's relatively catchy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good, but not <laughs> one of the best. All right, so that's that's a pretty big number that we have coming up, ninety six thousand. This is, by the way, the gender criticism that I have here. Okay. The guy group comprising of Usnavi, Benny, and Sani talk about opening up a business when Sani notices their bodega sold a winning lottery ticket yesterday, comprising of a $96,000 prize. Um, and the group talks about what they would do with the money. 96000 I never win shit. 96000 For real, though, imagine how it would feel going real slow down the highway of life with no they ask around who won the grand prize when the news got and the, when the news get to the salon the ladies talk about what they would do with the money um, in their own right here we get to see kind of like the motivations of the different characters so um, at the salon, you see like Daniela and Carla talk about like what they would do with the money and mainly centers around like plastic surgeries, weaves and stuff like that. And the, main, the men um, talk about like, oh, creating businesses, having initiatives, social justice, like the stark differences between the groups of like girls being more superficial, except for Vanessa, who is like, oh, you know, I would be downtown, I would be out of here, compared to the guys who are like very business oriented, was a little bit off to me. I definitely noticed it. But it's not something that is like, you know, oh, that makes me hate the song or anything like that. It's just like, oh, curious that they chose to do this. But it's I mean, I, I didn't really pick that up because I feel mm-hmm. like it's pretty natural. Like Danella opens a salon, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just didn't really come as a surprise. She will like naturally think about investing in like beauty stuff. But yeah, I get what mm-hmm. you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's that. In terms of like the characterization, I think the only one that is like helping you think more deeply about the characters is Sunny. So um we find out he's like really into social justice, changing the system. So even yeah. though he's like had a very much an image of a slacker who doesn't really care about anything and is a little bit lazy, you get to see that he's actually very smart and very passionate about what's going on around him. He's just underachieving. Um, and that could be happening due to many, many different factors. So I thought that was that was also an interesting depth to his characterization. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, as a song, I think it's okay. Uh, I do think it's memorable. I don't like it as much as the other songs. What do you it's think? It's okay. Like, I didn't mind it. It's mm-hmm. not, it's also not one of my favorite, but like, 
I don't, I don't feel like it's horrible <laughs> necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's um actually what you said about Sony is very interesting because like sometimes people have this stereotypes of saying like a certain immigrant groups or like mm-hmm. a certain type of immigrants might be like lazy or whatever, and then that sort of um stereotype is really fighting against them and like in the societal standards. But then from that very brief moment that we see that like you said, like it's not like they are not capable. Mm-hmm. Or like they don't think about that, that they didn't have the motivation to like act on it. But just sometimes it's just not available. Mm-hmm. Like for example, they didn't have the internet. They didn't. Yeah. They just didn't have the environment to be able to provide the community with like the better um, education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I think we both kind of have the same feelings about a song of it being okay. It's not bad. It's not the best either. But I we both appreciate the kind of like deeper characterization it gives to the characters. I'm going to take a wager and assume the next song is your favorite. Oh, right? good guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's my third favorite. That's why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, as we just mentioned, the name of the song is Paciencia y Fe, which translates to patience and faith. So we find out that Abuela Claudia won the money and she reflects on finally winning and having some money of her own after years of hoping and hard work. So she kind of like talks about her life. Um, She's reminded of the words her mother told her, um, kind of like a mantra for her almost, which is paciencia y fe, patience and faith, and feels rewarded for living by them her entire life. So she came from she came from Cuba with her mother when she was young, so her mother could find a job. Um, the job market in Cuba was really really rough, and even though she really really liked Cuba, they were forced to leave in order to you know afford food. Um, she does miss Cuba very much, remembers it very very fondly, and remarks how many stars you could see there in comparison to how many you can see in New York. It's it's a really small thing but very real that she talked about and I think it just like helps make her a more believable character um Mm -hmm. so I did like that and uh we also find out that she worked her entire life really really hard as a maid and even though the job is not considered like you know very high up there she was still like working with pride because you know she still has a job to do so she kind of regrets not being able to spend uh the money that she finally got on her mother and Ultimately, she decides that the life she's been leading so far is meaningful and fulfilling, and she doesn't really have any plans on changing it drastically because of the money. Paciencia y fe was hotter at home in La Vibora, the Washington Heights of Havana, a crowded city of faces the same as mine. Back as a child in La Vibora, I chased the birds in the plaza, praying mama you would find work, combing the stars in the sky for some sort of sign. So I think that's like in really stark opposition to the previous number, 96,000. Everybody has grand plans of making so many changes to their life. And you see that Abuela is actually very content with who she is. And she feels like she is fulfilled with what's happening. So she isn't really phased by it in terms of like what it can do to her life because she she likes how she's living. And I really, really like that. I think like that's very sweet sentiment to have. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite song for a reason. Yes. <laughs> I really, I really, really like it. I see a lot of people in this song and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Totally. And I like how you mentioned about like 
everybody else has this like grand plan of how they're going to use the money. But then here she's thinking about she wished that she could use this money on her mother. And I feel like that's not just the fact that she like lives in a moment and she's not like as hyped up as everybody else, but also like just shows like her love for her mom too. That family connection in Latin Americans communities is incredible. And I feel like in every community really is incredible. But in this musical, you really can see that the family component is so important. And this is just one of those embodiments of like how not just love from parents to their children that's what we saw from Kevin in his number but also from this number is like how a child misses her parents even when she's yeah. an adult like even yeah. when she's like you know I mean an advanced what it means that she's the child of like her parents that's what exactly I mean. no yeah. no exactly so I was like I, I really enjoy that because you don't often get to see that I feel like mm-hmm. as the characters progress it's mainly like you know your relationship to your children or your grandchildren and I think the fact that she misses her mother is a very important point because I don't think at Definitely. any point you end up like not missing your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's just one of the numbers that really spoke to me. Yes, absolutely great song. So <laughs> following Boy. the formula, the next song is relatively lighthearted. It's actually <laughs> very, very sweet. I do like it. Um, it's When You're Home. So we cut to Sonny hitting on Nina and Nina is very amused by this because Sonny is like young Um, and Benny walks in and shares a very sweet moment with Nina. So as a child, again, we hear about her reminiscing. Um, She used to feel like she was at the top of the world and now she's disillusioned and Benny kind of like reminisces with her about their own shared past to try to cheer her up. Um, So as I just mentioned, it's a very, very, very sweet moment it's not incredibly catchy I think Benny has a really good vocals here like he probably has the vocal line that is most catchy here um but they sound very very nice together I don't necessarily like all of their songs together they have actually quite a lot of them but in the first act their their short songs are usually very good yeah, musically, I also think it's just okay. It didn't yeah. really stand out too much to me, especially after that very emotional, very great song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this number just kind of appear like, not meh, but like, just not as mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Benny's part in this song is one of the things that kind of make me happy because he's just so cute like yes. they're like very cute together and it's very sad truth when in the beginning of the song like they exchange a little bit on like Nina's experience in university and she mentioned something like yeah place is how you say mention in her university world and then Benny's like well maybe you should teach them some words from home and then Nina was like yeah how about like would you like fries with that? So like that really <laughs> yes. brief exchange was just, it speaks so much on just how worlds are so different. Yeah. Okay. So if you thought this one was a little bit like meh, I wonder what you think about next one. So it's Piragua. Piragua, Piragua, new flock of ice, Piragua, 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 so sweet and nice, Piragua. Tengo de mango, tengo de parcha, de
it's essentially a street vendor selling paragua, which is like shaved ice with syrup. Um, the syrup is kind of like different fruit, fruity syrups. Um, I felt super bad for him because no one was getting any paragua from him in the beginning. And I'm glad in the end of the number, somebody finally got one <laughs> in the end. I genuinely felt really, really bad for him. Um, as an aside, it kind of reminded me of Balaga from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comment of 1812 in terms of like, he's coming out of nowhere he has one job he's doing his job and I don't know <laughs> it just gave me a little bit of a, a but like a feel from from the great comment I, I actually really love this song. oh I'm so I actually really that. like okay. it okay 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 it's I'm, so I'm all South, ears. okay it's so South American-y for first of all uh-huh. and it's just musically it actually sounds so nice I was so delighted surprised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's really a nice song even though it doesn't have much narrative value it almost have none to be honest but it's just so cute I like that yeah and it makes me crave bingsu for sure like <laughs> shaved ice come on and it's summer now so like I don't oh, know man. I can definitely I really see that happening I just like shaved ice what really I didn't yeah. know that I just like well I mean I if if the, if somebody got bingsu for the table and like like eat it, um, I would probably eat a few spoons. But like, I don't see the value in eating rice. <laughs> that wow. feels really harsh. I'm sorry. Um, wow. Just like because it's syrup, it's syrup, and I'd rather drink um, ice. syrup. Um, ice, okay, but oh, just get ice cream. <laughs> That's so different. Ice cream is expensive. Shave ice is not. It's just water. That is a great point. Yeah. I am, however, it's still. I would. Okay, wait a second All before right. you say anything. Right. Shave ice is my childhood. I'm like, sorry. When... <laughs> <laughs> like my grandma, she lived in the mountain. So when we like visit her, especially in the summer, it gets super hot. And Taiwan is a very humid country. So whenever uh-huh. it's summer, it's just so hot to the point that if you don't have an aircon. And back when I was a child, like a kid, like we didn't have the luxury of having aircons like in every single room. So mm-hmm. it's just super hot. And what we'll do is that we will go get this um, shaved ice. Mm-hmm. And the most basic one you can get in, in Taiwan is that you either have it with uh, brown sugar syrup mm-hmm. or you can have it with condensed milk. And mm. both are incredibly delicious. I know now that they have a lot of fancier options, like putting fruits or like some like other toppings mm-hmm. on there. But it's just if you're looking for the most basic ones, those will be the options. And then right next to my grandma's was a shaved ice place they sell like actually more than shaved ice but we always get this um like a plum shaved ice from them and it's just so good so that's my one of the best memory I have as a child and I will not let anybody else tell me that shaved ice is not great because syrup come on when you're a kid anything sweet it's like a treat (laughs) that's true that's fair yeah um, do you not have any of that in like israel uh, so we don't really have shave well we have a popsicle i'd say okay. so like it's not in a shaved format it's just like ice with syrup but it's in a solitary form and we okay. also have slushies slushies are super common so um a very common activity in israel is to be in scouts so girl and boy scouts are together um but usually it within the scouts it's divided based on gender mm-hmm. um and you usually have like some kind of kiosk in whatever scouts you're in and then you can get like a whole bunch of like sweets and sugary drinks and slushies 
are very, very, very common. And I don't have the patience to wait for the ice to melt. So I would just drink all the syrup wow. and wait for disgusting, disgusting ice with some <laughs> semblance of flavor left. Um, so it wasn't for me. And also I cannot, I'm not very good at dealing with sweet stuff mm-hmm. and it tends to be very sweet. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it just like in terms of like, the flavor which is a little bit problematic as a kid was less problematic because I mean as a kid sweet stuff is your bread and butter essentially but also the idea of like having to wait for the ice to melt was not my thing so I'd much rather have ice cream instead and ice creams are a little bit more expensive than slushies that's true and I guess like popsicles are are the equivalent I don't know if popsicles are are popular in Taiwan it is Uh, it is yeah yeah so if you do want to go for a cheaper option that is not like that that would not dispense only the juice and would become consolidated into one so you can pace yourself popsicles are probably preferable but I just could not pace myself for the shaved ice (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that's fine but I'm curious I I mean I I was very curious to hear about the shaved ice portion it's it's nice to see it's like an integral childhood thing for you or which one was your special trait if you had one Oh, that would be the mango one. Mango? So mm-hmm. Taiwan's so famous for mango, but mangoes are expensive. Yeah. But the mangoes in Taiwan is really, really good. Um, and usually what happens is that you will have the shave ice. And if you have the fancier version, then maybe you can get this like special shave ice. It's like instead of making it with water, they make mm-hmm. it with milk. So they froze the milk and then they shave the, the ice afterwards. Mm-hmm. So like it, it has more flavor. And then you put some mango, like fresh cut mangoes on it i bet that will be actually much better because i think if you add fresh fruit to it it would mm. probably taste really heavenly actually yeah um yeah i was really trying to find paraguas in toronto so i can use it for our instagram and it's very <laughs> difficult so i was like should i put binks instead would that be culturally insensitive i don't know what to do um but i wish yeah. i could find paraguas here because it seems like i, I read about them on like wikipedia and it seems like they're very popular in puerto rico but i would be curious to try it at the very least even though shaved ice is not necessarily my thing i would still be open to try um and especially after this number i agree with you this number is actually a lot of fun i like that it doesn't have any bearing on the plot personally I, I actually like the downtimes of like musicals and this is a really good downtime especially since it comes back and you get kind of like I don't know I got attached to Paragua guy personally yeah um, I got invested in him so definitely <laughs> um so I do like it and also it definitely seems like a little slice of Latin American culture not only with a highly spe- like specialized dessert that um is unique to Puerto Rico but also in terms of the musical uh, the musical like notes in here and the feel of it all right so for the next one I'm actually going to combine three songs mm-hmm. so it's siempre which translates to always the club and blackout and they're all just together in like a blob so we'll go through it it will be a, a pretty good chunk of plot so strap in so vanessa nina camila and abuela are in the kitchen together dancing so benny and usnavi walk in usnavi came with a bottle of champagne which he promised her in the very first song uh the bottle of champagne was for vanessa since she was supposed to sign her lease um, but Vanessa reveals that the landlord backed down after seeing her credit card application. Even though Vanessa and Usnavi were supposed to go on a date, Vanessa invites Benny and Nina, and Kevin walks in afterwards announcing he sold the business 
to pay for Nina's tuition and essentially everything kind of goes to shit from here. Um, the entire dinner goes up in flames metaphorically and everybody's really upset. Um, Nina vows, vows she will never touch the money and um, Camila was really angry because she wasn't informed of the move and obviously she is central to the business. This is her and her husband's business. Obviously she should be consulted before such a move is being made and Benny is really really angry because he's out of a job and he's been really really loyal to Kevin um, despite other mm -hmm. people telling him to start his own business so 100% relatable and it is kind of a betrayal for him in between both of these there is really impressive dance number at the club Benny and Usnavi do shots while other men ask to dance with Vanessa so as we mentioned before Vanessa is really popular with men and when like the guys and Vanessa actually ask uh, Usnavi if it's okay he says he doesn't mind and honestly, way to drop the ball there, honey. Uh, um, obviously, you should have acted differently. <laughs> what are you doing this? Um, so Nina walks into the club looking for Benny to apologize. Uh, but he's kind of being a major asshole. Um, I understand he just lost his job. But it really wasn't her fault. She wasn't informed. So he shouldn't have taken it out on her. Um, and Benny ends up getting violent with the man um, that Nina was dancing with and he hits him and that kind of causes a brawl throughout the entire club um, so as a brawl, brawl happens um, they finally get interrupted by a blackout blackout the song itself kind of comprises mainly of like chants and crescendos of the main four characters and everything is black obviously because it's a blackout so everything seems to be in chaos it's a uh, very disorienting number mm. and we have kind of like little pockets of light um so one one of the um guys graffiti pete which we talked about earlier he and Sonny end up like lighting up fireworks to give them some some light and the lights kind of like show you a little glimpse of what the characters are doing so in one of the glimpse Abuelo reveals to Usnavi that she won the lottery and asks him to look over the money and also at the end of the number um, Benny and Nina kiss so three numbers and a pretty big chunk yeah Musically, I am okay with all three. Like, nothing mm -hmm. really stand up too much. I think Blackout is a very interesting choice mm -hmm. to end Act One. Yeah. Um, I, I, and the other thing is that I love how Benny was just so mad at Nina. But as soon as the, the Blackout happened, he just got so frantic. Like, he was, like, shouting and trying to find Nina and desperate to find her to keep her safe. I just thought it was so cute. And, um, and it's a very brilliant brilliant metaphor to use that we are powerless as a metaphor for both the power going out but also like powerless to their situations so mm -hmm. i thought it was a very clever thing to do and um obviously like like the whole blacking out thing is just like maybe like this current situation is dim or something but like eventually the power comes back right so like yeah. even though that you don't have power right now like that's probably not gonna be the same way forever so i thought it was a very clever way to um to show that mm -hmm. and the other thing that I thought was very realistic was also like so when the blackout thing happened and then Ustavi like went back to his store and Asani was like hey I'm gonna stay here with you because people are already starting to robbing the stores and I thought like oh my god that's so realistic mm -hmm. that people start robbing things like when there's a blackout when or when the power shut down um and I don't know if it's the same in Canada I'm guessing it probably will be I'm not sure but it just shows me like oh my god United States is so dangerous 
but but yeah you guys let me know if you're in the u.s let me know if this is actually true or not mm-hmm. but, i'm also yeah. also sure uh varies neighborhood by neighborhood in the united states yeah that's true but yeah i actually didn't pick up on that but it's very very true and it is a good metaphor for um you know the powerlessness that everybody feels mm-hmm. and it's also a really good way to cool everybody off in a way because everybody obviously is very very high on emotions and there's a lot of tension so I think mm-hmm. it's a good way for everything to cool and in the end come to like a pivotal moment of the characters getting together um in terms of it being the closing I also was a bit unsure I think it's a good closing but then again I think Sunrise which is the first song in act two might have also been a really good closing for it but I understand obviously like the wanting to do like the sunrise after the blackout and having like that in between it makes sense but I don't know I don't think I'll talk about I guess when we get to sunrise but I don't think it's a very strong opening for act two (laughs) so it informs what I think of this I uh, especially like the chants here. In terms of the other songs, the Emperor is very, very light um, and is not really like serious. So it's a good lead up to the emotional turmoil that will come afterwards. Club, the club is very like dance heavy. I think that's the main merits of the song. And it just really does a good job imparting how chaotic everything is. And for Blackout, which is my standout from these three, I enjoyed the musical versatility there so as I mentioned before it's mainly comprising of like chants and crescendos and it seems very unsure and uncertain but still very very emotionally impactful Mm -hmm. and I think that characterizes it really well when you can't see really what's happening on stage all right so I already introduced act two a little bit with sunrise (laughs) the first song so um in here uh Nina and Benny get together um during the night and Nina teaches Benny again Spanish as the sun rises um in the aftermath of the blackout I think it's a pretty weak opening to act two I mean it's a cute moment of them together don't get me wrong and I like that she teaches him her language and a piece of her culture especially when he feels so othered by you know her family her dad in particular and you know the neighborhood to an extent um but I feel like they have so many emotional moments together so many songs together I didn't see the need of another one in here especially when they already talked about like you know talking about Spanish um in the previous duets they had together so I wasn't that over like yeah I mean I know what you mean <laughs> yeah like it's it's a very cute moment but yeah but yeah like maybe as an opening it's not that strong and yeah. honestly even though it's a cute moment I like the song itself it doesn't do much to me nah, yeah. too maybe something we can mention so originally when this um was produced so um Limon Realm Miranda made this while he was in college and it was a single act musical and then he was approached by like other producers um asking him to expand on in the heights uh to make it like a broadway production which is first of all amazing considering he made this in college like definitely definitely amazing but i think it's a tiny bit evident because in my opinion i think i mentioned before act two is not as strong as act Mm -hmm. one it does have definitely good emotional beats and moments but it's very disorganized compared to what happened before and I think that's probably just a result of padding yeah that they had to do all right so the next song is hundreds of stories which I think is one of the cute moments in act two so um Usnavi is dealing with the chaos from last night as well um when Vanessa walks in confronting him about his behavior and then promptly walks out 
So Kevin and Camilla try to find Nina since they haven't heard from her all night. And Usnavi goes to visit Abuela, who wants to split the money, um, giving Usnavi a third, her a third, and Sonia a third. Um, and she hopes that with the money, they can go to the seaside together in Cuba or sorry, Dominican Republic. And then we get a bit more of background on Usnavi. So um, Usnavi was orphaned as a child and Abuela took care of him since. Um, and he was named after the first thing his parents saw when they got to the US. They saw a ship and on the ship it said US Navy and the parents <laughs> thought about it as Usnavi and I thought it was so sweet actually. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, when you when we saw the recording, like the entirety of the audience just erupted in laughter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And honestly, it makes sense. Um, the idea behind it essentially is that he and Abuela can create more stories together as a family with the money she got. Uh, and also, it's kind of like indirect um, answer, I guess, to what she said in Paciencia y Fe in terms of her being very family focused and oriented. And in that song, it was her mother. And in this song, it's what she considers her son. Uh, Osnavi mm-hmm. because she she raised him so you see throughout the entire time she's very selfless and very family oriented um so I really really like that and I think the relationship is very very sweet the song itself it's not as memorable in my opinion um but it is very very nice uh so I can't I can't be too too tough about it yeah what do you think yeah I also love the story about his name I yes. really really like the optimistic and kind of like all these like cute laughters that they put in between of the songs it's just so cute and really like gives you that very happy vibe mm-hmm. and um from all the travel I've made to like Latin America or like South America and in general I guess the people there are always so nice so friendly and I think it really is embodying their like music and just cultural like in general and this production like everyone one first of all so kind you know, as you can probably tell and the other thing is that when they make this kind of little jokes in between other songs it just reminds me of that um community and with like that cultural in general and it's just so nice to see that so I think it's really really well done and it's very very funny too a hundred percent so after this there is a moment that I actually specifically really really liked okay. so the next song is enough Um, So Nina and Benny go to see Nina's parents. Kevin is upset about Nina's relationship with Benny and asks him to stay away from her because he isn't enough for her. Benny walks out in anger and I'm sure he's very, very hurt. And Nina and Kevin argue. So um, Camila steps in and sets the record straight, knocks some sense into Kevin saying he's acting like his father. And then she chews out Nina for scaring her and her father because she didn't tell them she wasn't coming back. So I really, really like it because it's like such a, like Camila is being such a badass, amazing, show-stopping, unparalleled queen. I like that she sets the record straight in between them. They're both being very, very childish and somebody needed to knock some sense into it. And I'm glad it was her. Um, And she took some agency and she showed that she wouldn't be taking and tolerating any shit from anybody. So I like that from that aspect in terms of like characterization. Musically, I think it's nice, not overwhelmed, but I really, really like the characterization aspect. Yeah, me too. I think it's very nice that the mom got a solo. Yes. Honestly, it was a surprise to me because I generally I appreciate the musical like showing us a very interesting family dynamic. And usually the mom or like at least one of the parents have much of a lesser role in the mm-hmm. family conflict. They're more like just kind of like, you know, 
in the background, sort of. You don't really see that three people interaction very much. And um, at least from a lot of the production I've seen, like that seems to be the case. But in this case, the mom acted as like the bridge, like the communication bridge between like Kevin and Nina. And I thought mm-hmm. it was just so nice because that's how it will be, like it will be in a, in reality, right? Like it's not totally. like you're just having a fight with one of your parents, but most of the time it will be like a three-way communication and I thought it was very very nice yeah uh totally I also think in the song like obviously Kevin was acting like a jerk towards Benny um but it might be also in terms of like there is a lot of time conflict between you know the parents and the kids if the parents immigrated and the kids were born in the country I guess like hanging on to tradition Mm -hmm. and to the culture and comparison to like assimilating in a sense and I feel like maybe this is something that Kevin is scared of and why he's so insistent on um, not approving of Benny. But I think it definitely has some kind of a cultural um, stop to it that kind of gives this uh, conflict a little bit more flavor. Yeah. All right. So um, the next song, uh, as I mentioned, I really do <laughs> like Daniela, and I'm glad you got a solo. So it's Carnival del Barrio. Um, so there's still no power anywhere and it will take over 24 hours for power to be restored and this is the 4th of July so people feel really sad they won't be able to celebrate because of the lack of power so the entire town is complaining and Daniela interferes to get everybody organized and celebrate the 4th of July anyway and make a good situation out of like a really unfortunate one so Usnavi also announces to everybody in that it's a very long number actually but Usnavi announces it is super long it is really really long um to everybody that Abuela won the lottery and everybody celebrates until they finally suddenly realize that this means that Usnavi is actually going to leave and Usnavi asks Vanessa finally 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 to dance and he didn't need anybody to do it for him for once before he leaves Washington Heights so as I mentioned I do like this um, I think it gives good characterization to Niela and it also something that's very characteristic of making something good out of a horrible situation and still being able to find the beauties in, in the community and celebrate together and rely on each other in order to find each other's happiness, uh, which I really, really like the sense of the community feel. It's a really long number though. It is. Like, the song itself is not bad. It's not too impressive because the fact that it's so long that I honestly kind of lose track but overall really like the the happy dance together number like you know like I love the numbers when they showcase like more of the dancing songs Mm -hmm. I think it's very 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 cool that they do that because it's very like Latin American-y so I really like that um but other than that yeah really don't really have much too much to say it's really long yeah, I agree. I yeah. think, like, as as we mentioned before, they really, really needed to cut it down on some of the songs. And here, just tidying it up in terms of length would have been really, really helpful to make the song better and just cut some other songs out. Yeah, but, it's a bit too long. It is long. And we had short musicals before. It's not something that hasn't been done. Um, but maybe because it's a bit older, um, as we mentioned, it was developed in 2005, it was less common back then and breaking the mold of musicals was something that was more revolutionary. So I understand why it's done that way. From my understanding, the movie does not include all the musical numbers and they do cut some songs out. So it might even be better than the musical. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be curious to see. And, uh, I might, I might update. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So from here we go to a very, very sobering, sad number, Atencion in which Kevin, in the dispatch, announces Abuela's death. 
Um, it's very, very short. It's very, very moving. Um, I really like Kevin's vocal uh, in the second solo, and I do get the crushing sense of sadness that mm-hmm. this imparts on the entire community, even though he's the only one singing it. Yeah, I don't really have much to say, to be honest, mm-hmm. except for the fact that this news came such a surprise, like kind of almost like out of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. Like it just happened. Yeah, I feel like in general, I have less things to say about the songs in Act 2. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys, just bear with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like this also breaks the mold a little bit. So the next, these, this song and the next two, so the three chunk song are also very emotional because it deals with the aftermath of a boy's death. Mm-hmm. So the next song is Alabanza and Everything I Know. So um, in Alabanza, the neighborhood mourns Abuela's Abuela Claudia's death and then in everything I know Nina sits by Usnavi and reads a book he wrote to about Abuela in the third grade. Usnavi offers to pay Nina's tuition but she refuses saying she just wants some photos of Abuela and nothing more and um, in the course of the song Nina looks through the photo album and reminisces about you know her childhood with Abuela. Mm-hmm. In this album there's a picture of Abuela in Havana She is holding a rag doll Unsmiling black and white I wonder what she's thinking Does she know that she'll be leaving For the city on a cold, dark night It's a really sad song. Yeah. It makes me miss my own grandma so much to be honest yeah and I feel like everyone can relate to this like not just immigrants or anybody but like with COVID and everything sometimes things just happen you know it it can happen out of nowhere just like what happened here and if you have like a grandparents at home then it's scary almost because for me I don't see my grandparents very often and obviously Mm -hmm. with COVID it's impossible to travel at a moment but even before that like at best I maybe see her like once a year or mm-hmm. something and most of the time it will be like maybe once every two years or three years mm-hmm. so I really don't have a lot of chance to to see her with COVID happening too it just makes you appreciate the time mm-hmm. that you get to spend with your family more the fact that here like she's old or whatever like makes the story make sense but in the real world, it can happen to anyone anytime. So mm-hmm. appreciate yeah. the time, guys. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah, it's very, very sad. I can echo that. I like Alabanza quite a bit. And everything I know is another nice number for mm-hmm. Nina. Again, vocals are very nice. Alabanza specifically, I could understand the community feel and how hard hitting her death is for everybody in the community and how cherished she was. And I also like the concept of looking through a photo album. I was thinking about it and photo albums used to be such a thing, having physical memories of, you know, your experiences and they're not all that there anymore. Like they've been largely replaced by, you know, digital files and stuff like that. A lot of accidents can occur with digital files. And I think maybe we should go back to photo albums, at least for some of them, um, just so you can pick up a book and look through the photos I feel like 
through my phone, I probably do that less in comparison to like a physical photo album. So there is a lot of value in it. And um, I like that moment for her. All right. So the next two are Nomadiga and Paragua, and both of them are a prize. So Kevin and Camila go to Nina. Um, and Nina says that she hopes her parents can trust her judgment about Benny. And also um, she says that she wants to go back to Stanford and finish her degree. Then we cut to the ladies of the salon reprising Nomadiga, languishing about the lack of power that still, <laughs> I guess, is an issue in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Daniela reveals that she co-signed the lease for Vanessa's apartment downtown. Um, and then finally, we see the Puragua seller celebrates, celebrating since his uh, competitor's truck broke down. So he has a lot of business. And yeah, I thought it was really, really sweet. I am very <laughs> invested in the Puragua guy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think for Vanessa, it's kind of bittersweet. I don't know about you, but I have a an issue with like, you know, him being financially, Usnavi being financially like invested in Vanessa in terms of like their future relationship. I don't know if it's just a hang up I have, but I like the relationship to be equal, um, finances included. Um, but I still think it's a very sweet thing he did for her, especially since he didn't anticipate staying in the country. But yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's really, really hard if you're in that situation um, to talk about like having to have everything equal. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's super rich anyways. And but and I, I appreciate that, you know, once he has something extra on his hand, then he is willing to invest that into somebody that he trusts in obviously care about so mm-hmm. I'm more okay with that just because like I know it's not something like it's like like a top-down relationship almost mm-hmm. so I can I can let that slide oh, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so from there we go to champagne Usnavi gives Sani money, but Sani is still crushed because Usnavi is leaving. And then Vanessa walks into the bodega. She asks Usnavi out and gives him some champagne to celebrate. Um, Vanessa is being like super sincere about her feelings throughout this entire number, but Usnavi is like deflecting a lot. She urges him like to stay, fix the bodega with the lottery money, help raise Sani, um, stay with her essentially. And Usnavi doesn't really understand why she's urging him to stay. Um, which like I don't understand how it's not obvious but okay so she kisses him (laughs) and then she runs away and I think like that probably clears things up in his head about why she says what she says hopefully yeah I thought it was so adorable when he was the whole time Vanessa was like trying to get her feelings out and he was just trying to open the champagne bottle yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) um yeah I think it's sweet I don't think it's that memorable as a song I don't think it's a great song it's not awful, but just not something I can see myself like listen to. All right. So from here we have when the sun goes down, Benny meets Kevin to let him know he's going to start planning his own business. So rightfully so, Benny feels betrayed because he had Kevin's back and Kevin didn't really reciprocate. So um, after that, we cut to Benny and Nina who decide to have a long distance relationship when she leaves for Stanford. This is their fourth duet together yeah I was just gonna say I'm like I I feel like I couldn't appreciate this as much just because they have so many songs together 
<sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, and they have Definitely. a song called "Sunrise," and then there's a when the sun goes down. Like, come on. Yeah, it's not necessary. It's really, really not necessary. Um. <laughs> yeah. All right, and from that, we finally move into the finale. Kevin and Camilla clear out their business, and it's now being narrates what happens. Um, so essentially, it's an echo of the opening song. Um, the whole neighborhood gathers together on stage to sing. And Sonny commissioned Graffiti Pete to paint a memorial of Abuela. It's actually very beautiful. It's a very touching moment. Yeah. Um, and Usnavi apparently was also very touched because as a result, he changes his mind and decides to stay and finish Abuela's job, kind of be like the pillar of the neighborhood and be with Vanessa. So um, it's a very nice uh, ending, I think. I like that it echoes the beginning a lot. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good finale. What do you think? Yeah, I think the finale is good. It's just like all the songs that kind of come before that, like maybe three songs that come before that was like a little bit, eh, but then yeah. it was like a good closing number. So I guess I can make do with that. Yeah, in general, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it has like a very nice, it paints a very nice um, picture of like immigrant struggles and obviously family's relationship and then the care and love you have for mm-hmm. the community. I think it's something that wasn't so common in like other musicals. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that sort of sense of community. It's very nice to see it. Very, very cute too. So yeah, and obviously, especially the immigrants struggle and how like your family has to fight and sacrifice so much for your success is always a topic that would um, mean a lot to me personally mm-hmm. so in general I, I'm happy to see that it has a happy ending obviously kind of everything kind of falls in place way too perfectly in a way <laughs> yes. but then it's a story right so like what can you expect it has that sort of really nice um, positive energy to keep on moving and keep on going and how it ends up saying that this is the home mm-hmm. that we all live in. And like, it's not obviously not just the place, right? It's also mm-hmm. like the sense of community, like everybody else who live in there. So not just the place itself, but also the people. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very nice kind of wrap up for the entire musical because it is about the people and how they treat and respect and hopefully help each other um to go through life so I think it's a very nice closing number in that regard a hundred percent I guess before I'll give my final thoughts about this there is one thing I wanted to mention that mm, irked me a tiny bit about the musical so kind of like the main plot point of the musical is the lottery winning and the money um that they got from it and I feel like the entire thing could be sponsored by a lottery company (laughs) <laughs> I feel very negatively about gambling in general and that's essentially what lottery is and I feel like it might be encouraging people to gamble and buy lottery and I just want to say like the likelihood of winning the lottery is very very small it's better not to get into it um please avoid it if you can I don't know if it bothered you I don't know if you actually ever bought a lottery ticket even I don't want to offend you in any way but I, don't know. <laughs> I mean I have bought it before but it's mostly like for fun really mm-hmm. like it's not like I'm addicted and I buy it every oh, yeah, yeah, week yeah, yeah. or for something sure, sure. <laughs> um, but I do I, I'm not that offended 
about... I'm not that offended either, but like it's... Oh, really? really? It seems to bother you a lot. No, it bothers me. I mean, obviously now that I'm talking only about it, like it's going to come up as more magnified as what it was during my experience watching it. But it is something Mm -hmm. that I noticed and something that did bother me because I was thinking throughout it like, oh, you know, maybe this will influence somebody to invest in lottery or to gamble a little bit more or like to think about it as a way out. Mm -hmm. and um I don't know how I feel about that uh but obviously I don't mean to come off as preachy I just think like this is something that should be taken into consideration uh because they paint it in such a positive light so yeah (laughs) but no I feel like instead of saying that it's a way to like kind of promote people to buy it or like to engage in gambling Mm. behavior I feel like it kind of shows you just like how desperate they are trying to get out of that situation and they really don't have other means to make that flip Mm -hmm. overnight other than Mm -hmm. like placing your hope in a lottery ticket yeah even my own dad when he lost his job he was just like yeah I keep on buying lottery ticket I'm like dad you should stop and he's like (laughs) at least there's something hopeful for me to carry on you know and I'm like yeah "Yeah." I mean that's that's a good point I mean you do have something to look forward to I just think it could be a little bit more it it can be dangerous because it can lead to an addiction and I feel like it would have been nice if they harked on it a little bit more or mention it in a way that doesn't just unilaterally shows like lottery is a positive thing mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's again no no meaningful like reason to be preachy about it I I know it's just like something that I noticed I don't know if it bothered anybody else so um leading to my final thoughts about it I think it's a very 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 sweet musical every single character is incredibly likable so mm-hmm. as I mentioned before I listened to the cast recording before um, watching it and I didn't really get as good of a feel about the um, personality of every single character. And after watching it, my opinion of the musical definitely went up because everybody does such a great job. The town itself, so not only the people, also makes the story for me. Just like the unity and the community between the town, uh, I find very relatable. Um, it's something that makes me feel good as, you know, an immigrant and also somebody who has very strong ties to her family, um, which I think is something that is really, really closely seen in immigrant families, too. And yeah, the main takeaway is the absolutely amazing performances uh, for me from this. So before we give our final ratings, I'm not sure if you've been solving it while I was um, talking. <laughs> So um, just to say what the quiz is, it's which in the Heights Broadway character are you most like? It's from Play, Play Buzz. And this one is from 2015. So before the movie, they have one that is after the movie. And the first question is, who's your favorite character? I'll be curious to hear who's your favorite character, actually. Take a guess. Abuela. Oh, good guess. Yeah, of course. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I am really conflicted, actually. That's why I'm asking. I'm conflicted because I like all of them. Okay, okay, um, but you have to pick one though. Do I? I guess I'll go with my favorite song, so Nina. Okay. That's my guess too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's a question here that says, How do you dance? I'm like, I don't oh, dance. You're already there. Wow. <laughs> I love that they have like, how do you spend your free time? And one of the answers is stress out. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, I got my results. All right, all right. Okay, so I got Benny. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it's like Benny is slick, smooth, fine and fresh. What does that even mean? He knows <laughs> what to do and when to do it, but still has a lot of soft side as well. 
All right. I, I can I can make do with that. I can live with that. Oh, I just got to the dance question and I don't dance. Me too. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to answer for that one. This reminds me um when I went to Ecuador, I think the last night all the volunteers went to a club to dance or to like party. And I'm the awkward person who like holds my beer in the corner and hopefully nobody finds me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was my experience clubbing in South America, if anybody was interested. I have to say though, they do have like really good vibe, like dance. Well, I don't know if that's the same with all the clubs because I don't go to clubs, mm-hmm. but they really, really love dancing. And I yeah. think it's actually a very cute cultural thing because <laughs> Asians don't dance. I don't think it's a part of our culture at all. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, what's the results? Let's see. Vanessa. Nice. Most like Vanessa. Vanessa is usually stressed, but she still knows how to party. Could not be me. <laughs> In blackout, she's often finding the person she loves and at the same time still struggling to pay rent. I feel like this is not you. This is very not accurate. This is not me at all. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. All right. Um, Final rating. Drum roll. I will give it seven out of ten. Pure girl. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Could it's not right. anticipate it in a million I, I have years. a thing for that guy. Yeah, I have a thing for the song. Yes. Don't we all though? Don't we all? Uh, <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna go with you on that and say i'm gonna give it a 7.5 out of 10 uh paciente fame nice all right so thank you all so much for listening and let us know what you thought about the musical uh if you watch the movie let us know what you thought about the movie um feel free to discuss this or any other thing we've covered uh if you want to give us recommendation please do so as well you can find us on podway podcast on instagram twitter and reddit or you can also contact us via email at podwaypodcast at gmail.com thank all you right. all so much for listening i really enjoyed this episode hopefully you do too <laughs> yes. and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.